Good morning, River Church. We're glad you're back with us. Here we are right in the middle of uh, our summer, and I hope that you are making the most of this summer. And uh, I know it's tough. I really do. We all know it's tough. I mean, you wake up every morning, and and uh, maybe you're, you're looking at the uh, news cycle, and, and it's just bad news. But I, I have something to uh, encourage you with. Today is good news. Every Sunday is good news. What we do here on Sunday morning is good news. The gospel's good news. Jesus is good news. What we talk about is good news. There's a lot of hope. And one of the first pieces of good news that I wanted to give you uh, here this morning is that uh, we are inching closer to a live Sunday morning service. We want everyone to gather Sunday morning at nine o'clock. If you can't, that's okay. We're gonna still have it on YouTube, but just to, for, you, for your uh, uh, understanding, we are inching closer to that. This morning, we're gonna actually do a service and we're all here as a staff. Um, we're gonna do this uh, in one take. We're all together and uh, we're encouraging one another and we're waiting on the Spirit to just bring a message. We're gonna have a great message from James. Godwin and uh, Jasmine are gonna lead some great worship and uh, we're gonna do this and we're gonna be together, and I hope that you're watching and tuning in this morning. Uh, we are moving closer and closer to what we hope to be a live service on Sunday morning at nine, and then hopefully as we move forward, we wanna have a service for you that you can actually come and join and be with us. So thank you, hang in there. Uh, thank you for your continued contributions to this church and your, your ministry of tithing. Um, we are doing well, and uh, God is, uh, 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 sustaining us all, um, and we are hanging in there, so thank you for that. Hey, I just wanted to um, uh, encourage you to listen in this morning. James is going to bring a fantastic message out of Revelation. We've been in Revelation, as you know, and the, one of the common themes, the main theme all the way through Revelation is Jesus knows. I know. I know your deeds. I know your tribulations. I know where you live. I know. I know. You can trust me. I know. You may be having something right, you're holding on to something right now, and you just need to hear Jesus say, I know where you are. I know what's going on. And what James is gonna bring is a powerful message of hold on. I know, I know, I know where you are. Hold on. So let's listen in. It's gonna be a great service. Thanks for joining us. Through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance I believe that you are my fortress Oh, you are my portion You are my hiding place Oh, I believe you are the way The truth The light Take 
sin was great, your love was greater. Oh, what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Oh, how sweet is your name. How marvelous, how wonderful you so much power in the name of Jesus. For death could not hold you, the veil taught before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your This is for me such a special morning because we're, as Todd mentioned, we're filming this all together in sequence and to be able to do a service with like my beloved, our beloved team is, is really, really exciting. Josh, I've been loving preaching to you, but it's good to have a few more people as well, socially distanced, uh, joining in. So we are continuing this series in the first couple chapters of Revelation, and we're looking at these seven letters that are written. And today, I have the joy of exploring the letter to the church that is in Sardis and the letter to the church in Philadelphia, two uh, small communities in Western Asia Minor, Western Turkey. And I have entitled this ser sermon, Hold On, Hold On. And um, I want to start off with 
my greatest sports moment of my sweet ever aging life. I may have told this story before, but as I get older, me retelling stories is gonna be part of our reality together. So um, maybe get used to that, that piece. So I was a freshman in high school. I was on the wrestling team. I happened to make it onto varsity as a freshman. I was 103 pounds of just pure intensity. And I was in a team that was like very, it was a very good team. I was definitely the weak link in this team. And we had made it to a point in our season where we were competitive to actually win league championships, which we haven't won in, it was like decades, and we had a shot at it. And so that night, it was our match against this opposing team. If we won, we would win league, and the stands were packed. It was just like local news was there, the cheerleaders were there, like the music is pumping, and I'm in my warm-ups on varsity, kind of excited, scared to death, and the worst member of the varsity team. And so they would announce all of the wrestlers one by one for the main event. And I'll never forget, like my moment came and they announced my name. They're like, next up, wrestling 103 pounds, James Pedophiles. And I'm like, like that's not how you pronounce my name. That's nothing to do with the story other than the fact that already my head's all messed up. I'm like, it's pedophiles, please. And so they call me up, they call up the guy that I'm wrestling against. He placed in state, like second place the year before. This guy was a killer, okay? And so I have to wrestle this dude. Every point counts for our whole team. And my coach comes up to me right before and he goes, James, I have a simple mission for you. It's really simple. Hold on, hold on, don't get pinned. Just don't get pinned. Because if you get pinned, it's an extra point for the opposing team. If you don't get pinned, less points for them. So I knew I wasn't going to win, but my mission was clear. And so six minutes of wrestling, it starts. And I am just with all of the muscles in my body, all the spirit I have holding on. I was in every different contortion. The dude had me in a move called the banana splits. It's worse than it sounds. For like five minutes of the six minutes, I held on and finally they blew the whistle. All right, they blew the whistle. I was technically pinned and I stood up I wasn't pinned, it was a technical pin. I stood up and I jumped with my arms up like, yes, my whole team jumps up, yes. And like people in the stands are like, what the heck is going on? Why are they excited? Because everyone expected, right? A quick pin and extra points. I got technically pinned. My mission was accomplished, hold on. There was something beautiful about that mission because if you ask me to beat this guy or to try to get a few takedowns, it's gonna be in my head, I'm not gonna be able to do it. But in the condition I was in, if I just had the mission of hold on, I could do it. We're gonna look at these letters and there's a whole constellation of encouragements and reminders that these letters bring to the churches they're addressing. But I wanna look at that one theme, that one headline, which is church, church, hold on. So if you want to, you can open your Bibles up to Revelation chapter three, or you can read along um, or just listen to it the way the ancient church probably first encountered these letters. So uh, chapter three, verse one, to the angel or the messenger of the church in Sardis, write this. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, wake up, strengthen yourself, strengthen what remains 
and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished, unpolished. I found your deeds kind of rough around the edges in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold fast to it. Hold on to what you first heard, what you first saw, what you first encountered. Hold on to that and repent. That is, change your mind. Turn back and hold on. Uh, And the letter goes on, but I want to skip to the church of Philadelphia now in verse 7 of chapter 3. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write this. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that nobody can shut. I know that you have little strength. You're weak. You're small. You're insignificant. Yet you have kept my word and you've not denied my name. And skip down to verse 11. I am coming soon. Hold on. Hold on to what you have. So no one will take your crown. The one who's victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them a new name, my new name. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the church, what the spirit says to the churches. You know, there are all kinds of seasons when you're a follower of Jesus. There are these seasons of like high flying, incredible consolation where you just have clarity about who God is, who you are. You are so encouraged and filled with joy. I remember the spring of 2018. It was the super bloom, if you remember. And I had just gone gone through some pretty serious spiritual breakthrough in my life. I had this weird fixation on like death. I was just, I was always thinking about death. I was thinking about dying. And I was just constantly kind of consumed by this thing for like two or three months. And I had some people come over, pray for me. And I had just really been giving it up to the Lord. And it was like, all of a sudden, that week I was just clear headed and I saw the goodness of eternal life. And so I remember going for this run through the hills uh, behind my house and it was covered in flowers and I was running and my arms were out and I was laughing. I was so free and like didn't think about anything but the goodness of God and the freedom and playfulness of being God's child. It was incredible, right? There are those seasons and, and they're sweet and important. But then there are also seasons where it's tough, where things are hard. Seasons where you find yourself in relational conflict. Or if you're like me, sometimes intellectual doubt where you wrestle cognitively with your faith and with reality and your worldview. There are seasons where you feel maybe abandoned or you you don't sense God's presence. Or you're bored with it all. There are seasons where you're waiting on a doctor's call, waiting to find out some lab results or you find out some results and it's really discouraging. There are seasons where job is tough. Or how about this? You're in the middle of a global pandemic. And in some of these moments, those messages we love to preach about, go to your highest potential in Jesus, which is a good message. Sometimes those can seem like just a brick put in your backpack. And what you need to hear is that sort of that message my coach gave me, and I think Jesus has given the churches here, which is hold on. 
Right now you have a mission and it's hold on, hold on. And what's beautiful about these letters is that they give something to hold on to. They don't just say, hold on, hold tight, I'll be back. Rather they say, here's something I want you to hold on to. Here's a grip for you to hold on to in the middle of the hardship. And that grip uh, that I wanna look at is one thing. There's a number of them, but there's one big fat uh, conspicuous element or handle that they give, which is the glorious power and character of Jesus. Like hold on to who Jesus is, to, to the Lord of glory. Hold on to the truth that you once saw, you once knew, maybe you once sensed or understood. Hold on to that right now through this dark valley, through this dark night of the soul. So check this out. In the beginning of Revelation, you have this reminder. The letter is introduced, the letters of the whole entire apocalypse or the, the text is introduced, and there's a big reminder, and that's this. Remember who is truly the Lord. Remember who is truly the powerful one. I wanna show you a couple images to, to um, help you understand why this would be important. And uh, these, will, these will pop up on the screen. But the first one, these are images of the celebration of empire. Uh, when you think about, we've been talking as a nation a lot about monuments, right? This has been kind of in our national conversation. Well, monuments were all over the place in the ancient Mediterranean world. And these monuments, they weren't subtle messages. These were uh, reminders that you would get daily and nightly throughout the rhythms of your day. And so these images come from a, a city just outside of Sardis uh, called Aphrodisias, named after Aphrodite. And what I want you to notice, this first image, this is Emperor Claudius, okay? This is how you would encounter Emperor Claudius. This image is Emperor Claudius, the Lord of land and sea. And it shows his glory, it shows his power, his fruitfulness, the blessing that Emperor Claudius brings. This next image, uh, again, a, a, a monument that would be, you'd pass by regularly if you lived in a city like this is Claudius defeats Britain. And there's Claudius, powerful, strong, defeating a weak, sort of feminized enemy. And this is, this is the empire speaking to you, reminding you of what is true. This next image is Nero defeating Armenia. And there, same thing, powerful, virile, uh, almighty Nero putting to its knees this other particular uh, province. And this final image, uh, this was on a coin. So this isn't just like items that uh, you would have to travel to see. This is in your hand, in your pocket. This is a coin of Emperor Domitian's son, the divine Emperor Domitian's son, so the son of the divine emperor, and he's sitting on the world, and he has these seven stars around him. And it's communicating the all-powerful empire, all-powerful imperial family. Okay, so... With that image in mind, in particular the last image in mind, check out the beginning of this revelation. In chapter 1, verse 4, John to the seven churches in the province of Roman Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who's the faithful witness, firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of earth. What a rad reminder that you have to know when you lose yourself in the fog of culture, in the, 
the currents, the rapids of imperial communication saying, you are lucky to be in this empire and don't ever think that you have any kind of power or any of your deities that are not imperial have any kind of power over this empire. Instead, the reminder comes from the scripture, verse eight, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come. And one of my favorite Greek words of all time, the Pantocrator. There's a great word. Reminds me of like the 1980s American gladiators, the Pantocrator. It means all power. Thank you, Jasmine, for laughing. I got a laugh by one of our team members. The Almighty. This is important. It's a handle to remember not just the feeling you once had or um, some cold doctrine that's, that, that you're, you're told to swallow again and again, but no, remember the truth that Jesus is that Almighty One. And as we talked about a few weeks ago, this whole letter, the whole idea of Revelation is to pull you up above the fog to show you the topography of truth that indeed, indeed, you can hold on because what you're holding on to will not break off in the hurricane. What you're holding on to is not going to come unscrewed as the winds of culture or the winds of the medical results you're getting or the winds of depression or anxiety or COVID-19 are blowing hardest, but if you're holding on to who Jesus is, you're going to make it. You're going to make it through. Um, I want to read one more piece of those letters, just kind of reread it, and I think this is really cool. The last passage uh, in this letter I want to read, this is from the church in Philadelphia. Um, I'm coming soon, verse 11, chapter 3. Hold on to what you have, so no one will take your crown. The one who's victorious will, I'll make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. This takes us back to Todd's message last week about identity. Like, isn't that beautiful? Like, I'll write, I'll write my name on you. Not just who you're holding on to, but whose you are. When you know whose you are, you can make it through any of these uh, maelstroms. I will write on you the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. That's a beautiful thought. Like you are home. You are God's and you are home. And nothing, no one can take that away from you. I open doors that no one can shut, Jesus says here. If I lock a door, no one can open it. I hold the seven stars, not the emperor, I do. Don't forget that. Hold on to that truth. Know who you're holding on to and whose you are. Uh, there's this really cool story. A buddy of mine was fishing in Lake Tahoe and a crowded day of fishing. This is a, a, a little while back. And all of a sudden, this little cub comes like pr- trotting on down towards the lake. And all the fishermen, you see them all kind of moving out of the way. He was a little bit away from the action here. And he sees them all kind of running away. And there's this little cub. And the cub is like, I mean, I could probably pin that cub. I could get him. He's small, not that big, right? And everyone is just terrified, cruising out of the way. And the cub is grabbing fish out of buckets, fish off the line, having fun, playing in the water, like not a care in the world. You want to say to that cub, like, what are you thinking? You're not that big. And these homo sapiens over here, like, they can hurt you. Instead, the cub's like, I ain't worried about it. 
And a few seconds later, you realize why the cub wasn't worried about it. Down comes this massive mama bear watching after that cub. And while mama bear's there, that cub is like, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna bathe, I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna do cartwheels. I don't know if bears can do cartwheels, but if they can, this cub was doing it. Why? Because mama is right there. I know my mama's there and how powerful she is. And I think there's something beautiful in that, in this letter that, that as you are in that struggle, and as Todd mentioned in the intro, like it's, it can be discouraging when the news cycle, I literally Googled this week, like good news on COVID-19. I literally Googled asking the world of the World Wide Web for good news. And what's so important that we remember, like we are the people of good news in the world of bad news. The good news that you could hold on to Jesus in the darkest valley. And so for some of you, you're, you're in a spot of maybe it's, things are great and things are wonderful and, and worship the Lord, enjoy that, heck yeah. But for some of you, you're in that spot where it's hard and it's dark and maybe you don't even feel like holding on. You don't feel it, quote unquote. And if that's where you find yourself, but you're like, I'm still gonna hold on, I want you to know you're in good company as a follower of Jesus with your ancient ancestors in the faith. Uh, there's this passage in John chapter six where Jesus he gives a hard teaching. Instead of flipping there, I'm just gonna open my notes because I, I printed the text there. Jesus gives some hard teachings. And it says, John 6, verse 66 to 68, from this time, many of Jesus' disciples turned back and no longer followed after him. And Jesus, he looks to his 12, the 12 dudes. He goes, so do you want to leave too? Everyone else is taking off. It's hard times being a Jesus follower right now. I'm not making it easy for you. Do you want to go? Simon Peter answers him. I love this answer. This is a hold on kind of answer. Simon Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Like, where am I going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Where else will we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. And maybe that's a spot you're in right now, is to hold on to what you know about God, to be reminded of that, to dive deep in that. Uh, we have this morning one of the, um, one of the more important moments, I think, of this entire COVID season um, is this opportunity to hear from and, um, and, and talk with uh, a spiritual giant in my life, someone that I look up to immensely and someone who um, we, I and we as a church love tremendously, Bill McPhee. And when we think about um, valleys, dark nights of the soul, it's been dark for I think a lot of us in this COVID societally. Uh, and Bill lost his beloved wife, Cynthia, in the middle of this pandemic lockdown. So it's not just experiencing the loss of a loved one, but the loss of a loved one who you can't then immediately be hugged and held by a parade of people mourning with you. It's a, it's a loss where you can't even have a decent funeral like the darkness and the cruelty of that moment that Bill has been in and, um, and Bill's been holding on. And today, uh, Bill, is, we've been talking about this and, and waiting for the time when, when it, it seems like it'd be right um, to share. And, and I'm asking Bill to come on up and I just wanna just 
as a church, uh, see how you are and, and ask you a couple questions. So Bill, come on up. So Bill, I know you've, um, you've had a lot of conversations with, with people one-on-one -on -one and in small groups. And we've, we've had some, uh, I think some sweet times of, of mm -hmm. talking and sharing, but this is kind of the, the first moment as an entire River Church family uh, to sort of be let into your world and, and for us to kind of give you, I guess, a giant virtual hug. <laughs> And, awesome. and the first question, um, or the first thing I, I just, we'd love to hear, and I'd love to hear, is just, Bill, right now, um, just give us an update as to kind of where you're at mm -hmm. in, in this yeah. um, really unimaginably painful uh, valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bewildering uh, experience. And uh, James, thanks. Thanks uh -huh. for... Thanks for letting me do this and River Church. You know, I'm just so, so grateful for friends. And I just know that I would not be sitting here um, without the gracious giving and generosity and support of uh, the River Church and, and especially our staff who have just uh, surrounded me and been with me. And, uh, and that's why I'm here. Um, you know, um, the question, how am I doing? You know, I guess I'm doing better. Um, but to be really honest, I'm doing quite badly as well. Um, you know, I'm just experiencing a terrible loneliness in the midst of community because I lost my best friend. Um, Cynthia died on March 18th after a valiant five-year and brave um, battle with cancer and it's the worst pain I've ever experienced um, I couldn't imagine it I can't explain it uh, but I'm in the middle of it and I think besides someone telling me that I would lose Jesus I can't imagine anything worse mm -hmm. in my life um, than losing my wife, Cynthia. And the reality is I did. Um, as much as I don't want it to be true, uh, she died. And um, every day, every day is a reminder in a thousand different ways that um, she's not with me physically. And that's really, really hard. Um, but I've had some close friends. Um, I have a friend who also is a therapist. Uh, she's not my therapist, she's my friend. <laughs> um, but the first few weeks, um, I was in a panic. Um, I had such great anxiety and fear. And one of the things she talked me through was that, you know, you have this foundational tragedy of losing your wife but at the same time I was beginning to worry about the future and I would think about my daughter how am I going to raise my daughter what about my house what about finances what about being a pastor again I I, I at times um I couldn't even imagine coming back and doing something like this I felt like my life was over and she began to talk me through this reality that, Bill, what you're doing is you're taking layers 
of worry and layers of worry and piling them on top of the sorrow that you're going through in losing Cynthia. And virtually all of those anxieties and fears had to do with the future. It had to do with something that was out there that I actually couldn't take action on right now. And she said, you have to mentally with discipline say no to those worries mm. and pick them up mm. and park them on a bookshelf and say, you are not for now. You are for later. That was such helpful advice. And so what I'm doing with her encouragement is just focusing on today, focusing on the day that is with me right now. This is what I have. I don't have tomorrow and I don't have to worry about tomorrow. In fact, she encouraged me, just live life in 15 minute mm. increments. And that's what I'm doing. And my 15 minutes is here with you and the River Church right mm. now. That's what I'm doing. You know, um, I do have to say a public thank you. I don't know how else to do it. I've tried to say it individually, but have not been able to keep up with it to the river for caring for me, particularly through meals. And most of you who know Cynthia know that she was just an amazing cook. She loved to cook, but for much of her illness, she had a feeding tube and she couldn't eat food orally. She had to pour it into her stomach through this horrible tube. But the amazing thing about Cynthia is that she kept on cooking. Mm -hmm. She loved to cook. And she said, I want to, I want to touch it. I want to mm -hmm. have my hands on wow. it. I want to feel it. And Cynthia would cook me dinners night after night after night. And in fact, I have a little um, chalkboard and the chalkboard has the menu for our Valentine's dinner. Hmm. And this was the last dinner she cooked for me. Um, shrimp wrapped in bacon appetizer, so good. Salmon, one of my favorite meals. Brown rice and salad. And uh, I don't know if I can erase this. Um, she just was amazingly giving and so helpful. James, I don't know how to cook. And it's one of my fears. <laughs> what am I going to do? And the river's been so great. But um, I've been learning to ask for help to say, I need help. And one of the ways I need help is I need to learn how to cook. And <laughs> my good friend Jack said, I I'll teach you how to cook. Aww. And on Tuesday night, I was at his house and he taught me my first meal. And you know what it was? It was salmon. And it was so, so good. So how am I doing? I'm doing it day by day. Mm. Gosh, Bill. Thank you so much um, yeah. for letting us in. Yeah. And um, it is, I've said this to you before in private, but it, it truly is, I know for all of us, um, an, an honor to be allowed into um, those really sacred spots of mm. your grieving. Mm -hmm. And we grieve with you and yeah. uh, thank you so much. And so, uh, so we, you, you've obviously heard the message. Yeah, it's beautiful, <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, okay. um, and the, the theme of holding on and like the goal, like what if my, the summit of my spiritual aspiration in this season is hold on. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of folks are there. 
Um, I know for a fact, you know, the, the dark night of the soul that you're in is so dark and yet you're holding on. And I, I just, uh, just want to know like, Bill, what do you hold on to? What are you holding on to? How are you holding on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, James, to be perfectly honest with you, there are so many times when I really feel so desperate. I don't feel like I'm holding on at all. Mm. And there's sometimes I don't want to keep holding on. I just want to quit. Um, but I'll tell you what I do. Every morning I get up early and I go sit in my chair and it's a chair that's sitting in a window where Cynthia used to do jigsaw puzzles <laughs> while she was recovering. And so now it's become my sacred space and I sit in that chair every morning and I light a candle. And the first words that come out of my mouth are, um, God, I'm here again. Hmm. Father, I'm waking up to a new day and I'm here again. And I just keep showing up and asking him to show up. And I give myself to him. And back in April, as I was going through my reading plan, where a reading plan is great because sometimes it's good to have other people choose the scriptures for mm. you. And I was brought to the story of Abraham when, when God said to Abraham, Abraham, I, I want you to get up and I want you to leave your people and I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave everything you're familiar with. And I want you to go to a different country, a country that you know nothing about. And it just stood out to me. And I don't in any way want to compare myself to Abraham other than to say that God said to me, Bill, your wife has died. And now I'm calling you to go to a different country. Mm. Wow. A country about which you know nothing about. I, I have no idea how to do this. Mm. Uh, there isn't a manual. Hmm. There's no advice someone can give you. Everyone's journey is unique. I just know that God has called me to go to a different country. And at the same time, I then opened a devotion for that same morning in the sweet devotional book called Streams in the Desert. Hmm. And F.B. Meyer had a devotion talking about Abraham. And I thought, this can't be a coincidence. And so I really had my attention sharp. And the devotion said that as Abraham went, that God said, I just want you to take my hand. Mm -hmm. oh, just wow. take my hand down this treacherous, lonely, difficult, unknown road to a country you know nothing about, and I will lead you. And it was as clear as could be that I was invited to take God's hand and to hold on. Hold on. Just wow. hold on. And um, so that's what I'm trying to do. Mm. Um, there are times every single day when I want to let go, when I want to go down a different path, when I don't like this journey I'm on when I hate it and I want to go a different direction and I'm tempted to to take my hand out you know the devotion focused on the fact that God offered his left hand mm. and I took his left hand with my right hand now my right hand is my hand of power but the scriptures over and over again say that it's God's 
right hand, <laughs> that is the hand of power, yeah. that is the conqueror, that is strong. And so symbolically, I'm giving up my power to take his left hand so that he can fight my battle mm. and lead me into wow. this unknown journey. And so that's what I'm doing. Sometimes I, I want to wander. Sometimes I want to go too fast. I, I want the pain to go away. I want the, 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 um, the sorrow to end. Um, but here's the deal. Every time I want to pull my hand out of his hand as I hold on to him, like a parent with a little child that wants to run away, he just grips tighter. Mm. And I know that even if I can't hold on to him, he'll hold on to me. And um, James uh, River Church, my faith is very secure. It has been squished like an orange in a juice squeezer, but it's strong, it's secure in the cross, in the resurrection. And I am absolutely convinced that there will come a day. Oh, it's on the calendar where the trumpet will sound mm. and there'll be the shout of the voice of the archangel. And the scriptures tell us uh, that the dead in Christ will rise first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know that there will come a day when Cynthia will burst out of that grave and she will be alive as ever and healed and whole. And then those of us that are alive in Jesus will meet the Lord in the air and then we'll be together forever. Mm. And that's the, that's the confidence of my weak but secure faith. Mm. Thank you, James. Bill, Bill, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I wish I could just bear hug you right now. I know. And, I know. Um, that beautiful image of holding on, and as you, as the Lord grips you, mm -hmm. um, you know this. I know you know this, but I, I, I'm saying it on behalf of all of us. Yeah. All you of have us. a whole crew of people that will be holding on to God, and we will be holding on to you. Thank you. And you are not alone. Yeah. Or forgotten. Cynthia is not forgotten mm -hmm. or alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I love you, Bill. Love you too, James. And I want to just pray for you right now. Yeah. Uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you hold our hands. Like the sermons hold on and the reality is you're holding on to us. And God, I just, I just thank you for that. Thank you that true faith, true spiritual health does not look like a Christian Prozac where everything's happy. But Lord, it's a depth of life, of trust and faith, hoping in, like Bill said, hoping in that day where all wrongs are made right, when mm. all injustice is made right, where death will die. And so, Lord, we, we long for that day. In the meantime, we hold on. Be with Bill. Bring comfort, the likes of which, which he couldn't even imagine like illogical amounts of comfort in this moment he's in, in this season. Thank you for him. Thank you, Jesus, that you know. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Bill. Thank you, James. Standing on the
this mountain top, looking just how far we've come, knowing that for every step you were with us, kneeling on this battleground, seeing just how much you've done, knowing every victory was your power in us. Scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, yes our hearts can say, never once did we ever walk alone, never once did you leave us on our own. Yes, you are faithful, God, you are faithful. Kneeling on this battleground, seeing just how much you've done, knowing every victory was your power in us. Scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, yes, our hearts can say. Never once did we ever walk alone, oh, never once did you leave us on our own. Yes, you are faithful, God, you are faith, you are. Sing, you are faithful, God, you are faithful, scars. Sing, scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, never once did we ever walk alone. Carried by your constant grace, held within your perfect peace. Never once, no, we never walked alone. Oh, oh never once did we ever walk alone. Oh, never once did you on our own oh you are faithful God you are faithful every step every step we are breathing in your grace and evermore we'll be breathing out your praise for you are faithful God faithful you are you are faithful God you are faithful you are you are faithful God you are faithful yes God you are faithful Never once have we ever walked alone. You are holding on to us. <laughs>
fighting our battles and you're making a way for us, God, when we see no way. Thank you, Jesus. You are here moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. Yes, you are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Yes, you are here moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you, you are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you, for you are your way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Yes, you are your way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you Touching every heart, I worship you. I worship you. Yes, you are here, healing every heart. I worship you. I worship. stop you never stop working you 
never stop, you never stop work Even when, even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, cause you are your way maker Miracle worker, promise keeper Light in the darkness, my God that is who you are. Oh, you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Oh, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you told you it was going to be a great service. Thanks, Jasmine and Godwin, reminding us that God is faithful and that he is a way maker. Uh, James, phenomenal message. Bill, thank you for allowing us into your space and into your grief and into your sadness in the moment of where you are right now. Um, we've been waiting for this and we, as a church, um, do embrace you and love you and pray for you. And so thanks for sharing that. James, what a great message, a reminder. Uh, um, Revelation chapter three, I'm gonna hold on to that. Verse 11, it says, I come quickly. Therefore, hold fast to what you have. Hold fast to it. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have this imaginary coin in my hand now. Uh, not of Domitian's son, but of Jesus, the son of God. Jesus himself with the seven lampstands and the seven stars, Jesus himself. And we hold on to that. No matter what you're going through, you're holding on to Jesus. You're holding on to him. So I, I'm really, really glad that we, um, we had that message this morning. Next week, it's going to be amazing. We're going live. We are going live. Uh, that means Sunday morning, the whole team will be here. Bill's going to be preaching uh, Sunday morning next week, which is going to be an added uh a huge, exciting um, opportunity to hear him and uh, uh, hear what God's doing in his heart and life. But we're going to be live. We're going to be filming at 9 a.m. So if you're in a home church, tune in. You're going to be with us. You may be not physically with us, but in the moment, you're going to be with us. If you're at home, tune in at 9 a.m. because it's going to be a live service and uh, we're going we're gonna to film it all in one. And it's going to be great. Uh, if you want to start a home church, will you let us know? Really, we want to get more of them going. This is the opportunity of this season, is to join in in a home church and uh, gather some friends and encourage them to come watch the service with you. Thank you. We love you guys. We're going to see you next week, and it's going to be awesome. So um, truly amazing service. Thank you all. <laughs>